All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Case Close. Uh, we got a group of phenomenal personalities. Some of them you may recognize or not. My name is Solomon Jones, aka Solo TV84. And below me is Dr. Thunder. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Thunder. I am a musician, professor, and social commentator. And uh, I have a show with Ike on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Getting Ish Done and a variety of other things. My conversations with Dr. Thunder series of interviews. I've uh, interviewed Solo, um, Ike, Chantel, and actually uh, Ramil is uh, going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with these folks. I'll go next. Uh, so, you know, you already know it's your boy Ramil, and I'm here, you know, ready to have a good time. And, you know, we're going to chop it up. You say you want us to answer the question first, or you want us to just go around first? or Yeah, just just introduce yourself okay. first. You know, you know uh, your, your boy Ramil, and, uh, yeah, I'm here, man. Let's get it. That's enough said. I'm Chantel. I go by Chantel Simone. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I talk to women about becoming the best versions of ourselves and learning how to work with black men so we can start seeing more two-parent households in the black community. I am originally from Jamaica, so that's where my accent is from, but I'm currently in Dallas. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm looking forward to working with all of you guys too. So this should be exciting. I'm Ike. I'm the king. I will not be denied. Uh, Ike Ogiamen, check me out on YouTube talk about being better and doing better and i'm excited for this panel i'm excited for you know case closed first sunday and every other sunday well actually every sunday but every other sunday in your future will be filled from 4 p.m eastern with this particular show and i'm looking forward to it so uh let's get it going solo let's get it going what is your answer to the question solo short answer and why should you care about immigrants haitians in this particular regard and and we can take it um i mean you you know, I I think the I mean so it's a hard question. <laughs> I mean, should you care about what's going on at the border with the pictures that we saw? I mean, I, I guess, I, or do, should you care how they're being treated? I guess I need more nuance to that question. Okay, so generally speaking, right. should African Americans, right, given their socioeconomic conditions and the positions that they're in allow immigrants to come in willy-nilly whether I- I- illegal or not given the fact that this these immigrants are being or the benefits of these of this immigration the economic benefits are gotten by the apples the googles the microsofts so on and so forth right they have their deals they have their m1 b1 and then they have the lower rung of like oh just let them come in and keep the prices low they play the game of international capitalism, right? Of which you are in this particular, this particular community doesn't have that kind of power, right? So it's like, well, then should you just allow people come in to compete with you all in the name of what, right? So that's the, generally speaking, before you go into the pictures and you know, the heartstrings, what is your position on, hey, here's a community, the Eidos community, right? It has a particular, it has particular political concerns, socioeconomic concerns, economic in this particular regard. And should you allow your competitors come in when you have not, if you will, risen up to a certain level where you get to dictate the terms. That is kind of how I'll put it, Solo. What you got to say to that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack. It's like four questions in one. 
Um, so, so the reality is the, the African-American community in America, there's still a lot that we need to work on, right? Um, regarding, you know, if you br- separate that from immigration, whether it's Haitian immigrants, um, Jamaican immigrants, or even Ghanaian immigrants, right? Because everybody knows my mom is Ghanaian. Um, at the end of the day, I look at it in, in two ways. One, um, if you bring in immigrants from, or other immigrants come in, obviously there's a protocol that they have to follow, right, to get here legally. And then they will take a, they will be able to compete in, in this capitalistic system that we're in. However, some people might think it's not so because immigrants sometimes get, uh, you know, beneficial treatment that certain people don't get that are in the country. So, I mean, there are certain aspects that I, I, I would say yes on and certain aspects that I would say no on. Um, the, the main part I look at, for example, is, is um, in regards to free health care, right? I think that if you're going to make it free for immigrants, then it should be free universally for everybody. But then in, in the same aspect as well, um, you know, if you're already born in America, you technically do have a, a leg up compared to an immigrant that's born overseas um, by being an American citizen and the fact that you can utilize the resources to you. Um, but it, it's a lot to unpack, and, and uh, I'm definitely going to be taking notes because, as most know, politics is not really my main feng shui. I'm, I'm more into the social dynamics and crypto talk, so I'm going to defer to you guys, and then I'm going to take some notes, and if something comes up, I'll definitely chime in. All right, Dr. Thunder, what you got? What is your answer and why? And as Solo said, there's going to be a lot to unpack, and we will be unpacking it as we go along. But just broad strokes, given what we've laid out on the table, and it's mainly like a socioeconomic question, right? Given the community that you're in, Solo brought up some interesting points about healthcare. For example, in California, the lower end of the healthcare situation is you don't have insurance, so you go to the emergency room, right? So it's not that it's explicitly free that the immigrants are getting uh, that in this case it would be Mexican immigrants are getting free healthcare is that they get it in the emergency room and they tend to, shall we say, crowd the emergency room, right? So again, what is your short answer? And we'll unpack all the different aspects later. And definitely solo, there's a, there are a lot of social dynamics that come into play here when it comes to the whole passport thing. But anyways, uh, what you got to say, uh, Dr. Thunder? Yeah. So Uh, guilty. <laughs> oh, it's 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 case closed. So okay. Anyhow, um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a pretty it is a pretty uh, uh, complex question, but I do think it should matter to us what's happening on the border, um, and even if it's just for the health insurance reason, because someone has to pay for that. Uh, Ben Shapiro frequently says that uh, no one is entitled to someone else's labor. And uh, medicine, though uh, it is critical, I I think important to everyone, because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You know, uh, but to the point, to the extent that uh, intellectual property uh, innovation technology is involved uh, in delivering, uh, you know, 
medical, you know, coverage, medical services, and to the extent that people are, are actually involved in delivering those services, that's labor and it's intellectual property. So uh, even if it's just for that reason, it should matter. It should matter to us. And I would extend this to not just to our community. I would say that it should matter to anyone that is paying taxes. It should be important to anyone. Mm -hmm. So we got to know if we were to phrase the question this way in the sense of should we admit willy nilly in, you got to hard know what you got, Ramil. Yes or no, why, generally speaking? Uh, should we worry about immigrants? Uh, hell no. I'm sorry like that. No, no, hey. no. That has nothing to do with me. I don't care. Okay. ADOS got our own problems. Uh, if I go to if I go to their country, they ain't gonna give me no free stuff, so they can't do it over here. So I said that's a no-go. I had nothing to do with me. Come if you want to immigrate to the country, do it the right way because I can't break the law. If I break the law, I'm going to jail. But if you break the law across the borders, you get help. No, I, I can't go. If they can break the law. I got to be able to break the law, too. So that's a, that's a no for me. I'll start with that. All right. Chantel, uh, the Jamaican immigrant. Well, I, I, I'm also I'm here, too. Don't worry. Don't feel alone. I'm a Nigerian immigrant myself. But, but what you got? What you got? Um, I would say no, too. I mean, and it sounds um, ironic because I am an immigrant first generation fresh off the boat. Um, but to look from it from a African-American point of view, I can see where you guys are coming from. You guys have your own problems, your own struggles in your country. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And to have us immigrants coming over here and taking your resources, taking your your government assistance, it's um, to be fair, it is unfair. Um, but then I can also see from the immigrant um, point of view that, you know, many of us need help living in a third world country. We, we come to a land of opportunities. But if we're talking about this conversation from a African-American point of view, I agree with you guys. I'll say a hard no. Okay, so let me let me answer. My answer is a no because, and then I'm going to, it's a no because the Eidos community is not in a position to determine whom comes in and how. There are benefits to this immigration thing, right? Remember that, okay? <laughs> it's not just some kind of, oh, it's all bad thing. There is a global economic engine that plays. And you cannot survive here on top of the hill without the stuff that goes on down the hill, without the manufacturing going on in China, without the call centers in India and the Philippines and so on and so forth. You guys get the picture, right? Mm -hmm. So there's somebody that benefits from all that stuff. Until you get to that position... You are just playing, you're a pawn down here, right? You're going to be fighting with the so-called Mexicans or Haitians for jobs. But my question now is, and perhaps we can start with Ramil, because you gave, you gave the shortest answer also was a vehement answer of, no, I don't care, right? I'm saying this. How about if you, Ramil, Ramil Enterprises, was that guy? You start, you go to Ghana and Angola or whatever, these untapped markets, relatively untapped. You start hiring your engineers there. For example, I have engineering staff in well-known in, uh, in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. You build up the market. The IRS starts telling you, hey, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you need to hire some, some Americans. And you say, hey, you know what? Yeah, but here's the deal. You give me this visa. I want this many people in, blah, blah, blah. Now you're controlling that game, right? So the point is, is it not desirable for, that, for the ADOS community to be in that position because 
To say no to immigration is to say no to a big game. But I'm saying say no now because you're not the one controlling the game. But when you, you need to get to the position of controlling the game, what do you have to say to that? So you're saying if I was to have the big enterprise, then would I be saying uh, yes to more uh, immigrants? I'm saying get yourself in that position because damn the hell yes to more of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a reason why I got employees in Africa, okay? The dollar goes longer over there. Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, companies outsource all the time. Uh, they try to get cheaper labor, things like that. Here's the thing. Um, I, I am what you call, I, I'm, I'm, I am an American, like a, a strictly a, American, okay? So there are companies who do that. And then there are also companies who stri- strictly manufactured in america they put the little things on their on their uh, products made in america that's me my thing is when you say when you when you give that leverage to other people you don't know what they're going to do with that leverage they can take their leverage and, and, and build up their stuff and take your resources that you're giving them to hire them build up their stuff their military and their stuff and overtake you one day that's why america's getting overtaken right now we outsource mm-hmm. everything and then now since we have we can't build it ourselves now other countries are slowly creeping up so i would take the extra expense Stay with the American citizens, and then you know, maybe if I have some little small branch of the company, maybe I'll do some charitable things, but uh, for the immigrants, or maybe get a job or two. But I am going to keep everything in America, especially with the trajectory we're on right now. We're on a decline, American economy going down toilet, everything else going down toilet. This is not going to be the land of milk and honey for long. So, okay, uh, hold on one second though. Let's say we're going to go down the toilet in the next hundred years, okay? But meanwhile, while we go down the toilet, okay. There is an untapped land there where you can go ahead and you can get some cheap employees, cheap labor, perhaps even import them. And you're the one getting to determine the terms about, I want a few uh, H1B1 visa people. I bring them over. I pay them such and such. I get this tax incentives. And while the ship burns, I get $100 million, right? What's wrong with that? In other words, I'm contending, and or you could say, no, it's not true, that the global econ- econ- economy, okay, of using the fact that some people have low standards of living to benefit you, Right. That that is a very important place to be, an important game to play, or are you saying no? That it's best, or that you can survive by just keeping it all in house. You can't keep it all in house, and I'm saying I'm not opposed to doing that if I can't find anybody else. But here's the thing: the lowest standards of living, I go to the hood and find somebody <laughs> with the lowest standard and pay them under the table, things like that. The same, the same stuff that happens with the illegal immigration. I can find a nigga from the hood. Hey, I pay this under the table. That's it. I'm gonna try to go for my people first, and then if I can't get anybody else then that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna do before i go branch out i'm gonna try to exhaust my remedies here first i go look in the, the hood of the third world country so i'm gonna see if anybody wants there they standards are already low but if i can't find nobody there then what's left over okay we'll see what's up with the immigrants but i'm gonna exhaust my american remedies first because that's what you're supposed to do for your country i mean you're mm-hmm. supposed to do that so you can maintain whatever sovereignty you have left so even if it's going down the drain i'm not gonna make it go down faster i'm still gonna try to keep it and how that, that's how I look at it. Okay, so Dr. Thunder, before we go to you, uh, Chantel, do you invest in any way or believe in the whole kind of international, like say for example, do, do, you, do you send money back home? Do you try to start a business back home? Do you do any of that kind of thing? Or you're just more like a America and also individualism? Because there are two things you're saying, Ramil, not just America. You're an individualistic, you're the most individualistic person uh, <laughs> on YouTube. Okay, well known. You, you know what I'm saying? What? I'm not that individual as people think. Well, you you, you sound you you definitely. <laughs> I, you know I, what I mean. You know what I mean. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, but Chantel, what 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 do you have to say vis-a-vis what has been said so far and, uh, and the question I asked? 
Um, yeah, and I agree. I agree. I'm sorry, um, Ramil. Am I saying yes. your name right? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you 100 percent because as an immigrant, we work here, we go to school here, we get our degrees here, and we we put it back in home. We send our money back home. We invest back home. So I get from an African American standpoint, we're coming here, taking your resources, and then investing it back home to build our country back home. Um, I see where you're coming from 100 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing. It's not, it's not nothing bad. Or anything. It's just common sense. Like it is not an African American problem. It's really an American problem because America's really they the ones outsourcing everything. They're they're taking the loss. You know what I mean? Well, I, I guess I'm in America too, but you know they're trying to save so much money, but don't understand that these other people are building up their shit. And this is why China is on its way in the next who knows fifty hundred years. They're gonna be number one probably because we let them do everything. So, so Doctor Thunder, okay, with regards to the things that Ramila said. But also, Ramil said something in particular, which is, I can go to the hood and I can get A, B, and C, right? And it could be cheap and so on and so forth, right? The question is, is that true, doable, uh, feasible? If we look at it on the community level, is that the way for the whole community to rise up to that level of, again, there's a picture that I'm painting of, hey, the Googles, the Microsofts, and the Apples of the world play the game. They're the, they benefit from all that cheap labor and so on and so forth. The Walmarts, blah, 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 whether it be outsourcing or cheap labor here in America, right? So the idea is this. Do you want to get to that point and can you get to that point with, quote unquote, the hood people in addition to whatever else you were, you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, this is interesting. And one of the things that's, that's said frequently is that there's not enough folks with the requisite skills in America to do many of the kinds of jobs uh, that we need. Uh, and, you know, there's a reason why uh, when you uh, when you call, you know, a company like AT&T or wh- whoever it is, when you call them after hours, uh, the person has a thick Indian accent. Um, the reason, the re- the reason for that is because they are in, in many cases, they're picking the phone up in India. Um, there's, there's not as many people as we think there are here that are capable of doing certain kinds of jobs. It's not just an issue of, uh, it's not just an issue of, um, you know, cheaper labor. Yeah, that is a a definite benefit. And all of the companies outsource. Uh, One of the things that is uh, interesting, uh, you know, a little two-faced about, you know, our political, uh, a lot of the uh, rhetoric that we hear is one party seems to act like it's the it's the party of, you know, you shouldn't be sending labor over there. Um, because what about the people here? The other party tends to say the other argument, the other side of that. But when you actually look and see what's happening, both of them are high, are heavily in favor of outsourcing because there's big money in outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's my, that's, that's my, that's my general, that's my general thought about, uh, you know, that aspect of this uh, immigration discussion, I don't, I don't in particular have an issue with uh, immigrants coming here uh, legally and then 
uh, you know, doing it the right way, waiting in line, whatever it is, whatever the process is, whatever we have decided the process would be, that they wait their turn. Once they get here, then, hey, all bets are off. They're American citizens now. And so I, I, I see them the same as I see anyone else. Um, I think that's a separate issue from, uh, you know, actually outsourcing, you know, actually uh, getting getting labor overseas. Um, and I'm not completely convinced that uh, this labor overseas uh, is really at the detriment of Americans. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's a that's a that's a separate issue. I mean, all of us have have these cell phones in our pockets and the sheer number of of uh, of cell phones, flat screen televisions, all of that stuff that we have uh, paying for it inexpensively, you know, going to Walmart and uh, getting our Chinese fix um, <laughs> of technology, the, you know, the, all of that stuff, we all benefit from that. So I'm not sure that that's necessarily an, a minus. Uh, we could argue on maybe some more balance. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but I mean, that's my, that, that's my, that's my take. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know if you, 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 you had anything going on there in terms of super chats or anything else. Or, uh, um, if- so we, we just got one right now by six sound salute to him. He says, keep up the good work, fam. Appreciate you. This is a, a good discussion. Um, yeah, I, I mean, did, did did you want to add on to that yourself? I mean, 100%. So basically, I think that we've just begun to look at the economic aspect, okay? And we kind of mapped it out. But I don't think we're fully touched, uh, touched on where you would like the community to be. But if you just stick with the whole America and America first and what outsourcing does and whom it benefits, then it makes sense that the populace, you know, general people should, you know, should be concerned with it. Now, there's another aspect, which is the cultural aspect, right? Because you see, there is a struggle for identity when people are closely related. Let's say you have black people from Africa coming in and meeting other black people, Edos over here, right? So there's going to be, you know, the African booty scratcher versus the whatever and the, uh, the, the friction that arises and all that kind of stuff because you guys are, almost, you know... We tend Wait, to do did, that, did right? You just say African booty scratcher, bro. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that. Is, isn't that a, is that a thing? Like, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Nigeria, I, I but I heard, heard it was since second grade. I didn't hear that since first I, second grade. I never heard it, but I I, I heard it in America here, so uh, I I guess it works. The idiom still works. I'm communicating with you guys, right? So basically, the idea is this: when you have this when you have this shared reflection with somebody, right? There's going to be that. Uh, for example, the American-born Chinese versus the fresh out of boat Chinese, they have friction too right? The Mexicans that are fresh out of Mexico versus the ones over here, they got friction too. Who's the real Mexican? Who's got the real culture? And who's this? And who's that? Oh, you're this. No, you're, you're lazy. No, you're hardworking. Ah, you're whatever. No, you side your pants. All that kind of BS is going to be happening, right? So would you say, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with you solo, because you have a background whereby one part of your family is, shall we say, partly diaspora or immigrant, and then the other is not. So how about the cultural aspect of this? How about that African booty scratcher aspect of this? Is there is this part of this uh, infusing or informing any of, any of your decisions uh, on the table, beginning with Solo? Okay, what was, so... What, what was your experience with that? Were you called... Uh, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, 
growing up in, in in that type of household, right, where at any given time it'd be multiple languages being spoken at once, right? I think it, it does give me a bit of a different perspective, being that my mother is from Africa and my dad is has traveled the world as well. Um, you know, I, I basically, um, you know, even though I don't speak the uh, Chui dialect, which is the Ghanaian dialect, I can certainly understand it because my mom spoke it. She was trying to teach it to me when I was younger. Um, and then, of course, you know, speaking English as well, and then, and I'm very fluent in, in German as well. So uh, at the end of the day, I think that when you look at a, a lot of this, right, re- regarding to um, something like Dr. Thunder said, I want to touch back on, on this here briefly because he mentioned this. When you look at, at it from a system of where people are coming here in a, in a legal sense, then it's all good, right? Because you, you're doing the the proper steps to get here, um, you know, getting your visa or getting your B1 or getting your um, green card, whatever it is that you need to get here and, and, and whatnot. But then on the flip side, you have people that get here illegally. Now, Dr. Thunder touched on something excellent. Um, their, their jobs here right now, we know what's going on in America is that there is what, what they call the great resignation, where a lot of people are leaving their job resigning from their job because of, you know, lack of good pay, um, lack of vacation, as well as people just wanting more freedom, being able to work from home and whatnot. Now, that African booty scratcher, Ike, that you're talking about, he doesn't care about all of that. He'll he'll take one, two or three jobs and, and then he'll do whatever it takes to, to build himself up, right? And I mean, when you hear stories like that, you think those are just cliches, but those, there are stories like that uh, of where people come from, you know, overseas, what have you, whether it be Ghana or Nigeria or even the Caribbeans, and they work two or three lower income jobs, and then they get themselves up to a point where they're able to get themselves through college and uh, then get a better job, right? And and so the reality is now, and I know I'm all over the place, but what, what I'm saying is, um, you know, when you look at it where now people want, you know, $20 or $15 an hour at Taco Bell, that's just not realistic, you know, um, because what Taco Bell is going to do is, okay, we're going to give you the $15 per hour, but then we're going to get rid of you guys and just have robots make the food. Now that that's the fair. guy from overseas, uh, the immigrant, he, he will come in and work that job for seven, eight bucks an hour. And then hustle his ass off to become a manager to make $11 an hour and then hustle more to then go to school and whatnot. Right. That's the story. So I know I'm all over the place, but the thing I'm I'm saying is when you look at added um, and that's why there's so much nuance to this. If you look at Haiti, for example, where people are still dealing with the, the struggle of that earthquake that happened back in June or July. Right. And then let's go even back further. In 2010, they dealt with a hurricane. They didn't even recover from that, right? Um, there are certain jobs here. Let's keep it real, Dr. Thunder, Ramil, that Negroes don't want those jobs, man. It don't matter. That's what it, you know. But that immigrant will gladly work that job, and, and he'll work two or three other jobs, and then he'll get himself in position then where now he's running his own business. So 
I'm going to continue yeah. to take notes, Ike. I know you, you have a lot to say, but I, um, the more notes I take, the better my answers will be, I promise. All right. Well, I think I think with reference to the African booty scratcher uh, comment, uh, I think Minister Jap calls them banana boat Negroes. So Banana boat Negroes. Too. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let, let me say this real quick. Real, real, real Go ahead. Quick. I, I, I mean, it, it, uh, Solo's right. You know, I am, you know, America first, but it, it gets kind of hard to keep it that way because of the lack of hustle in a lot of Americans right now. They want to, oh, they yeah. want overpay for the fucking high school work. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I, you know, I, I even had this in my life, I and mean, I had a couple things I need done. You know, so I say, I, hey, do this for me. I'll pay you this. You know, somebody want, I, I, I need my house clean. I know I didn't even need my, I need my kitchen and my, uh, and my laundry done. Right? Would have took an hour. All right, somebody, somebody told me they wanted three hundred dollars for that. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm about paying people, and I'm about being fair. Okay, but this night, this two loads of laundry, this kitchen gonna take you thirty minutes, and you talking about you want me to pay you three hundred? You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm just like, that's the where we at. We're spoiled. You know what I'm saying? We want overpay for fucking minimum work. So, you know. That's when I just gotta find other people, you know, say who who got more common sense. But it's hard to remain in America first when niggas don't want to motherfucking do jobs that you don't need. To, you're not supposed to get paid fifteen dollars an hour for flipping burgers. It's never supposed to be that way because as soon as you do that, the company gonna get a robot like uh, one of you guys just said, and it doesn't make sense for the bottom line. This is why we got so much inflation and things like that. We, government handing out money because people don't want to work, so the price of everything goes up. So. That's an issue that has to be addressed internally, not only through ADOS, but Americans in general. You have to really understand, like, look, what you're asking for is not worth it. And that's probably why they are letting all these immigrants come in. They let these Afghan refugees by the thousands come in over the weekend. They let the Haitians, they didn't, they didn't send them Haitians back home. They let them in. All right. They let a whole bunch of them in say, hey, just report to a station in 60 days. I kind of see why they're doing that because Americans here, you fucking lazy and spoiled. I mean, you. You got to work your way up. Everybody wanted to start up at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put that grind in. Like I had no problem, man. I, I work. I don't work at KFC, all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? When I had, when I had to do it, and if I had to do it now, I'll go back and do it now. But this is, I don't know what it is. What's going on today is America. Where people are are spoiled. So as much as I am America first, the Americans have to change their attitude and have to reevaluate your market value. If you have no skills, then yeah, you deserve minimum wage. This shouldn't even be a minimum wage. You deserve what the fuck I Thanks. pay you. You know what I mean? And then, because if you don't do that, then that then you open the door for the immigrants to come over and take over because you lost your drive, you lost your hustle. So, I mean, it's, it's that's why I'm mad with it. It's, 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 uh, we lost that drive. Can, can I jump in here? Go ahead. Uh, so, a couple issues with this, too. Uh, I bet they didn't make them do a CV-19 test or oh. make them to, to get the Pope. <laughs> so that they could get this right, right there. If you work in a job, you got to get it. But if you come in illegally, you ain't got to right. worry about it. They didn't even have masks on. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, the institution <laughs> I work at requires that I that I have to poke. Man, um, Man and, and all the students too, by the way. Hmm. But that's the hey, that's the that's the thing. See, first it was, it was going to be okay. Go ahead and get this. Go ahead and get this poke. And if you get the poke, then you won't have to wear a mask. You won't have to do X, Y, and Z. Then they say, okay, you still have to wear the mask, even though you got the poke. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and then in, uh, they were like, okay, well, 
if you get the poke, they're going to give you evidence that you have the poke, you have a card. But, you know, we're not going to ask you for that. You're not going to have to show that. Then it's like, okay, now you have to, now you're, they have you uploading documents, you know, to their server and stuff. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, and presenting it at will for uh, forms of employment. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of goofy stuff with that. But the, the other thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to, I wanted to uh, chime in on this minimum wage comment that Ramil just made. See, uh, we have been conditioned to think that the minimum wage is a positive thing. Tell them. Okay, we've been conditioned that way. Um, and how can you uh, even you know, suggest that there not be a minimum wage. What kind of cruel person are you? Well, see, the thing is, is that person A should be able to uh, work for whatever person A is willing to work for. And person B should be able to contract from person A whatever services at whatever rate that they would, that they desire. Okay. But uh, and and what happens is when you have a minimum wage, especially when it's too high, what it does is it creates a huge unemployment rate in, with mm -hmm. with youth. Okay, because there's no way, say if we had a twenty dollar minimum wage, there's no way that employers are going to hire kids for twenty dollars an hour when they can get adults. Okay, so there's a there's an issue there. Another issue is that as you're trying to work your way up, it gives you a floor that's an artificial floor to start at. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I want to pay, if I want to work for two cents, uh, you know, two cents an hour, then I ought to be able to work for two cents an hour. And the thing is, is that if I'm able to do the work less expensively than someone else can do it, and that's the only way I can get in to get some work, then I should be able to do that if I want to take that on to myself. Um, so it sort of de-incentivizes folks to do this sort of additional and extra stuff that's necessary to be successful, um, you know, by having mm -hmm. this, like, like, as I described it, an artificial floor. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it also incentivizes companies to mechanize you know, I mean, you know, I, 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 I don't remember exactly when it was, but all, all I know is that the McDonald's that sometimes I go to, maybe maybe too often, uh, right. when I'm on campus, <laughs> uh, it, it frequently, uh, you know, you know, I see the, those machines in there. It, it used to be that it was only people that you go up to. Now they have all of these machines in there, and if people think that. You know, as soon as they develop that technology fully, there's not going to be any need for people except for uh, possibly preparing the food. And they're going to hmm. have machines handing the food out. They're going to have machines collecting the money. And a lot of that stuff is is accelerated because of the minimum wage. OK, so Chantel, I want to give you a chance to chime in on the previous question that Solo answered. Right. The question of immigrant versus non-immigrant when it comes to the whole identity culture question, what I call the inferiority and superiority dy dynamic that plays between both of them, right? The immigrant is, feels inferior because they had to migrate, okay? 
I don't even have to explain why you're going to feel inferior if you got to leave somewhere to come somewhere, right? Some people are like, oh, no, there is no such thing as immigrants. Like, that's part of the game. You have to leave, okay? So there's kind of, you got a little chip on your shoulder there. So it's more likely that you're going to play up I'm culturally superior game, right? While also trying to fit in with the population, right? So I'm just kind of laying out the general landscape of this thing that us immigrants know and us native, native populations also know in terms of that whole cultural interplay. How did you experience it, you know, you, you being a fresh immigrant, fresh out the boat, as you said? <laughs> That's a good point. And I really never thought about it like that. Um, as, as an immigrant, especially a Jamaican, um, we have a lot of pride. Um, and everybody can see that any immigrant, you know, they have their flags waving and everything. I'd never really thought of it as a feeling inferior. That's why we're trying to, to push our culture as much. But that's a really good perspective. I think that there is a divide. Um, some can say subconsciously. Some can say consciously when it comes to African-Americans and immigrants, especially Caribbean um, Black. As you guys talked about earlier, um, there's welfare here. There is, there is opportunity. There's help for a lot of um, African-Americans here. In the islands, we didn't get that. We didn't get any help. So we had to hustle. The government or the white man wasn't coming to save us when we couldn't pay our bills or when we didn't have food to eat. So that's where we get the hustle from. And then when we come over here and um, there are opportunities to get multiple jobs, we jump on that. And we jump on that for $7 an hour as opposed to the $15 an hour that a lot of people are trying to push. And, I mean, even to just talk about that, um, to me, when I first heard it, I thought, similar to what you guys are saying to, you know, a high school education demanding 15 plus dollars an hour, a job that a machine can do demanding 15 plus um, dollars an hour. It's ridiculous. And it's, um, it kind of feeds back into the stereotype that entitlement that many African-American, and it's not to point out African-American or bash African-American, but the conversation is about us. So that's what we're talking about. Um, it feeds into that stereotype that the government is going to help us, that entitled mindset that somebody should come and save us as opposed to um, we're doing what we got to do to make ends meet. That so many immigrants, especially if you, you came over here illegally, which many of us did, or we know someone in the family who had to marry someone to, to mm -hmm. get our papers. Like, I mean, it's very common. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we took a major risk coming over here. So we had that hustle. We have that drive compared to the to the and I hate to say the word, but the entitlement that um, oh somebody's going to save us. The government is going to step in. Welfare is going to come in food stamps. We didn't know what food stamps was in the islands or in, in our country, wherever we're from. Nobody's going to help us. That's why we work so hard. And then that's where that's why there's this divide that you see in the black community. Mm -hmm. okay. Most most ADOS folks are waiting for the white man to endorse them. Endorse, not even just save, endorse them. You know, give them identity and a soul and a life. That's right. Maybe come back. Uh, anyways, I'm not gonna go continue with the with the tropes. But uh, <laughs> solo, before you hit the super chat, um, which uh, we're coming in, I saw Snuggles. Snuggles is out there, probably talking ish. So, I think that there are great great things that have been said here with regards to the immigrant mentality. Okay. Just think of it as, you know, you have this, I always say it's the jungle mentality. You have the fox. It's coming out of the jungle. Okay. In the jungle, things are rough. In the jungle, you know, it, it, just imagine, right? We've all seen the pictures. We all know what it looks like out there, quote unquote, third world hustle living, right? When you come here, 
you're just, you're going to take up any scrap. You're the fox led into the hen house, right? And when people are talking about things such as self-esteem and what does it take to be, uh, mean to be an American, these other kinds of things, like, you know, feeling, you're like, what are you talking about feeling? So on and so forth, right? I'm just here to tear things up, right? So you tend to have that divide. So you see the ADOS community saying, how come you're not marching with me? And the immigrant is like, march for what? I'm trying to stack up chickens and send chickens to Africa, right? That's what I'm here to do. I'm the fox in the hen house. I don't have nothing, <laughs> okay? And that's all, I'm, that, that's all I'm participating in. So, and then on the other hand, if I segue through what Dr. Thunder said about the minimum wage, which basically the minimum wage puts this artificial bottom rung and it, it, it raises up the bottom rung with which you can step in. Most young people or most people starting out are not worth what the minimum wage says. Therefore, as Dr. Thunder says, it's going to go to adults, right? You're going to hire the Mexican for the $20 an hour minimum wage because you know you're going to get a lot more out of him than a kid. But if you were to able to get a kid, you say, hey, kid, I'll pay you $5 an hour. And then you groom the kid. In other words, the bottom rung gets a lot lower. Now, if we segue into the aspect of a lot of Americans not wanting to do this bottom rug job, which the guy out of the, you know, the fox out of the jungle wants to do, and also because he's not used to this whole minimum wage thing, there is, isn't it beneficial, okay, shall we say Ramil, <laughs> to, because let me put it this way, you know, we have all heard how the West is dying, right, in terms of uh, youth. Africa is the youngest, for example, population on earth. I think over 40% of the population is like 15 years old or younger or something like that, right? So generally speaking, we know the West is dying. You have to import people in for demographic reasons, but also there are cultural reasons too. Now, is, will it be ridiculous to ask the question of, hey, how about you br bring some, perhaps some immigrant women, some immigrant whatever, to bring in some immigrant culture, to bring in some hustle and some spark back into the, bring in some juice, right? So, some of that jungle back into the, into the community, Ramil. Is it a viable way to bring the jungle back into the community? Because the community needs more jungle, as you said, right, to bring some immigrants in. Does that work? Uh, well, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you do have to, uh, if you look at it that way, sometimes you do have to light a fire on the people. You know, some people don't want to make a move until they realize that hey, somebody else taking what they got. Um, it does make sense. Uh, that's, they're already doing that now, um, but... The problem is if, if that's unchecked, that can have a lot of other problems because, you know, you're assuming that people just, if you're talking about illegally, you're assuming that they're all going to come here and, and try to be productive. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, it depends on what they're doing. A lot of the immigrants, be on, a lot of the illegal immigrants cause more problems than, than you know, productivity. You know what I mean? So, um, but as far as if you bring it like that, then some people, I, that's not a bad, that's, that's a good way to put it. I mean, because I don't see what other way we're going to bring that hustle back. Because once again, we're so spoiled. Everybody want to get paid, overpaid. And so people might not realize what they got until they see it slipping away into somebody else's hands. So, um, mm. All right, Dr. Thunder, what you got What you got to say about that? Because so, so far, you've Ramil has said it in a certain way, but you've said more or less the same thing, right? Which is, hey, you know, we do have to care about our tax base and so on and so forth. We do have to compete with these people for these jobs, blah, blah, blah. Ramil says, hey, I'm going to make it with my people in the hood. And then we ask, hey, can you actually make it with those people in the hood? And then Ramil was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> well, I, I didn't really get to answer. I, I didn't really get to, uh, to, answer, to answer. As far as that, you can, but it just, it takes, uh, it just, 
take a lot of sifting. All right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm in a whole lot of sifting to the point where See, the immigration process will do the sifting for you because the, the <laughs> niggas that make it over here. So, sorry for the, the, le- the, le- the legal immigration. Yeah. The legal oh, one. Okay. Gotcha. 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 The legal. That, yeah. But uh, like I said, man, I, I can't, it's hard for me to, to really stick up for when, when we don't have that hustle and drive. So it's just like, you know. So, Dr. Thunder, what, what, what you got to say about the fact that, hey, you know, there's some more piss and vinegar is needed, needed right? Some more hustle is needed. Some more jungle is needed. Get some people from the jungle. Bring them in. Hey, even throw in the whole passport bro aspect in. Get some more uh, cultured women, as they like to say over there in the mass- manosphere. Bring them in here to, you know, to, you know, to... Uh, I want to sound like it's such a total like they're gonna be like oh he's uh, he's trying to uh, it's, it's trafficking, bring the cultured women in here to satiate the the African. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my bad. Uh, Doctor Thunder, what, what you got to say? <laughs> yeah, you know, man, we're, we're just we're, we're just too lazy. Um, that's 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 a primary issue. We're 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 lazy, and I mean I I mean I'll tell you. Uh, and before I took the current job that I'm in, um, and even now I'm working like four jobs, (laughs) but before that I was working five jobs, I was working five jobs. So I was, it was a, I was a, uh, full-time orchestra director for, uh, for one school district. Um, and that's where I was getting my insurance and my benefits from. And then. Secondly, I was a part-time band director in another school district that uh, we situated the rehearsal uh, for the band I directed by uh, by having it in the evening so that I could do it. It was three days a week. Then I was a part-time band director at a church. Um, of course, you know, I'm a recording artist and, and all of that, so writing music and uh, you know, getting my website together and doing all the promotional stuff, traveling, doing, doing gigs, um, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, at that point in time, I was playing uh, five days a week, gigs five days a week, and rehearsals were the other two days. And then the fifth thing was I was teaching 20 students out of my house, right? So, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, the, that's what's necessary when, you're, when you are young, that's what you do. You, you, you work. And by the way, uh, you know, there was no, uh, minimum rate, uh, that was contracted. This, of course, with independent contracting, you can pay people whatever you want to pay them. And so that's, that ends up being the way that folks sort of, uh, compensate folks less for a particular job. Um, and, but then of course there's problems with that. Um, because it, it leaves the person liable for the taxes. And often is the case that people, when they're in cash business, uh, so to speak, uh, when they're independent contractors, that sometimes they get pinged for taxes because really what it should, should be happening is the organization should be, uh, should be paying them, uh, in a way that they can take taxes out, they can withhold money, uh, so that they're not sort of, uh, left with the bag, uh, uh, at the end. Um, but you know, the whole five job things, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, I don't know, maybe I have some relatives, you know, down, down the line that were Jamaican or something, you know, with five <laughs> jobs and everything. Um, but, 
yeah. So I, I, I think, I think getting our, getting our discipline and our work ethic together would really solve most of these kinds of issues. And then we wouldn't be worried. I'm talking about the ADOS community would not be worried about other communities coming in. They're coming in and stealing our jobs. Well, they're coming in and taking your jobs because you, because you're kind of lazy. You don't want to work. Sorry. Uh oh. Hey, Solo, uh, you mind hitting us up with the super chats and everything? We've kind of delayed you on that. Uh, yeah. 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 Certainly. And and then um, you know, uh, Doctor Thunder setting it off low key though. He just said low key. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, shout out to um, uh, Six Sounds. He dropped the 199 super sticker, but I can't pull it up because it's it's past. Uh, Snuggles. Uh, Six six eight says, "Hold on a second. Why is it not coming up? That's so weird." Um, all hail the one and only from the mountains high above, exalted one, and the rope of when it's white, it's right. I vote to thee. Okay. <laughs> you have a fan, Ike. Well, white supremacy. Five dollars. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Snuggles. Uh, uh, yeah. Let, let's go to the next uh, super chat here real quick. Oh, by the way, six sounds. I, I was able to pull you up. Appreciate you. He's part of the, the crypto gang. And then um, Snuggles asks, can you tell me if these young people are going to take the place of people who are supposed to receive reparations? What do you all think? Hmm. Um, let's start with Chantel first because she hasn't had the most mic time. Um, so do you think that uh, the young people are going to receive reparations? If these young people are going to take the place of people who are supposed to receive or um, of their ancestors? I don't believe. If they haven't already, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but that's just my humble opinion. Okay. Ramil, what do you think? I mean, maybe I'm, I'm asking the question wrong, but do you think that the, the young people are going to be getting the reparations in place? What reparations? Y'all standing with great on these reparations. You're not, nobody's <laughs> getting reparations. I don't know why y'all people think it's not coming. All right? They not fucking with y'all. Okay? Stop waiting for reparations. Get out. Your reparations is you already in the wealthiest country. That's your reparation, and you're free. So you can go out and make as much money and do the best you can, but I don't know. They're not nobody getting reparations, man. They're not giving you niggas reparations. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll go to uh, Dr. Thunder and then Ike, and then I'll I'll you know keep keep reading the chats. Uh Dr. Thunder, will the young people get the reparations? Yeah, so I interviewed Larry Sharp, who was the uh libertarian uh gubernatorial candidate in the state of New York. Uh, of course he lost to the current um governor. Um but uh, he's got a, a program called Sharp the Sh Sharp Way, uh, and this guy is about the. Uh, he has a policy prescription uh, for everything. It's he's he's the most well thought out uh, politician that you'll ever uh, that you'll ever hear, and he's willing to talk um, about anything. You can ask him about anything. So I interviewed him on my conversations with Doctor Thunder series. And he he provided a really interesting uh, angle on the reparations issue. His reparations thing would be associated with ownership. So no one would get a check. And those that own property 
or have the resources to to buy property would be incentivized to bring in uh, ADOS uh, f- folks um, to partner with them. Uh, and so then the incentive would cause uh, would cause ADOS folks to own more property. Um, and that way you could uh, you could give you could actually be giving uh, black folks something that is of value to repay, but you'd also would not be taking away from folks that uh, that are here today that had nothing to do with with slavery. Um, but yeah, but in my opinion, uh, reparations is not going to ever occur. It's not going to happen. Um, it's a good talking point that the Democrats, uh, try to use, um, and these neoliberals that think that they know what's best for you, (laughs) black folk, (laughs) they think they know what's better for black folks and black folks know for themselves, which is, uh, uh, you know, powerful condescension. Um, that's one of the reasons I have an issue dealing with them. Um, you know, they're running academia, they're running, um, all of these other, you know, you know, if they're running everything, um, and it's sort of, uh, this sort of, uh, multiculturalism, uh, kind of, kind of deal where it's the same white folks, uh, that are deciding which aspects of what which cultures are going to represent that culture. Um, that's what's going on. Okay. That's that neoliberal thing. It's a white, um, uh, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a white liberal th- uh, uh, movement that, that's going on right now in our politics. It does not favor and it does not benefit black folks. Um, and it certainly does not benefit black men. Hmm. So, uh, so long, I'm going to go real quick, as you said, and then you can continue with the super chats. I agree with a lot that has been said in the sense that, well, the, the likelihood of reparations occurring is slim. And then the question of the form that it should take is a very important question. I have a shout out to Amy Wax, professor at Cornell University Law School, I believe, if I missed the school, but she, Professor Amy Wax has this very important analogy. It's called the truck driver analogy. So basically it's this. Imagine Jeff Bezos hits you with a truck and he is guilty. He gets ordered to pay you $50 billion, he, all your, whatever, how many billions you need, right? So it's Jeff Bezos' fault. his fault, right? And he is ordered to give you reparations. But the thing is, in order for you to walk again, his billions will not help you with going through the physical therapy, with getting on the treadmill, with doing the psychotherapy to get over the trauma, learning how to talk again, depending on how much you banged your head. So basically it says, look, fault is one thing, and even reparations is another thing, but it is important that you understand that full responsibility for healing and transcending and getting over is 100% on you. That even if Jeff Bezos is sorry, and even if he gave you all his money, that you can still not heal or become whole or learn to walk and talk again unless you do it. So that is the kind of difficulty because otherwise the billions is no good to you. So there's another example, or in this case, the analogy is, has an added twist in the sense that giving money sometimes can be dangerous, right? In other words, you got to do that physical therapy first before you get Jeff Bezos money so that you can use it correctly will be the thing I'll have to say about that whole reparations thing. In addition to agreeing with everything else that's been said and uh, that's what I got solo. 
Okay, thank you, Ike. And that was a very good answer. Yeah, I mean, they gave you guys white women, so y'all should be happy with that. Y'all ain't getting no reparations, man. Stop the cap. They gave y'all white girls, but y'all got happy with that. Continuing on, Oliver Eugene says, Haitians don't have beef with black America. Our problem is because of the state's politicians keep controlling our country, and the U.S. occupied us, stole our gold reserve from our national bank. Mm. Now, you know what, Oliver Eugene? Um, I would have to do more research on that. But, yeah, you know, I, I wonder, because remember back in 2010, and I remember vividly, because that hurricane that decimated Haiti was very bad, and they got record-like donations. And what happened to those donations? And we all know those donations, what happens is, they go to these companies like UNICEF or, you know, whatever the, the companies are, and 90% of it goes to, like, the administrative people. It doesn't go to the people that actually need those donations, that need those homes built up, and et cetera. Now, in regards to the, the U.S. occupying and stealing the, stealing the gold reserve, I, I don't have knowledge on that. Um, Ike, do you have any knowledge on that, or are you familiar with any of that? Broadly speaking, okay, whether it be Haiti or whether it be you go back to the Portuguese coming down after Mansa Musa decided to floss and take the money up to the Arabia and then the Arabians calling. Generally speaking, the world is a place of geopolitical intrigue, geopolitical games. You understand? It's a chess piece, right? I mean, it's a chessboard. So who is the queen to, you know, where, what position the queen is today and who is there? Are they blocking versus not? Doesn't even matter. You get what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Um, and perhaps I could get a one in the chat if what I'm saying is clear. I'll try to repeat. Basically, it's saying that this, the world is a power game place, okay? And your competitors, your neighbors are all competing and blocking you in so many different ways. And when, when in these power games, those who are on top are always trying to control their interests because they're trying to control their order for people like them. Guess what? It's not because they're racist. It's because they're human beings. I can guarantee you, Ramil, okay, that Ramil... If he's in power, or to the degree to which Ramil has any power in his life, tries to keep a particular order for people, for himself and people like him. His kind of people, the kind of people who he can trust, the kind of people who can do business with, right? That kind of a thing. So the West has been putting this boot on many people. And this is where I, I'll just drop this last thing and then perhaps we can expound upon it later. Where Africa comes in, because Africa sitting on its ass being uh, a low level, low level niggas over there. Um, no shade to them. I'm African myself, and I, I have a part that I need to play in order to change certain things. Allegedly. But, <laughs> am I allegedly African? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a German Jew. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely got the nose for it. So, uh, <laughs> oh, God. oh, they're going to flag the stream now. It's going to go down. Oh, crap. Nah, but, nah. Really, nigga? <laughs> if Africa got its act together, in other words, right, with all the resources and all the things that we keep on hearing, right, which can be easily done, okay? There's a lot of things that we can... Crypto is one thing, okay? We haven't gone in there yet, but a lot of steps that we can make to go... to, to leapfrog over technologies to get to ahead of America, right? And if that existed, then you would not be complaining about who's got the boot on your neck. You get what I'm saying, right? People are going to have the boots on their neck, right? That's just how the world works, okay? Ramil's going to have boots on people's neck that he doesn't want to be. It's not part of his order, his understanding of what morality and right and going and so on and so forth is. But if you get power, you're not going to need to worry about it anymore. And I put the blame squarely on the African continent in this particular regard. 
Okay, we're, we're, we're almost done uh, with the Super Chats, I promise. And by the way, guys, good questions with the Super Chats. Appreciate that. Uh, Bluff City Nerd says, all employees are catching hell since a lot of people are waiting for Sleepy Joe to do another round of stimulus checks like that'll happen. Uh, yeah, let me let me address that. And I, I see, Dr. Thunder, you want to chime in. But, yeah, it, ain't no stimulus checks happening again. Ain't no <laughs> stimulus checks happening again. They gave y'all, like, two or three stimulus checks. And people that uh, have kids, y'all get, like, a monthly stimulus check. So ain't no stimulus checks happening again. Um, the stock market's about to crash. That ain't happening. Dr. Thunder, I see you wanted to chime, chime in. Is there something you wanted to say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a son and, uh, he's, you know, he's eight. And so we've been getting our, what is it? Two, two fitty, two fitty check. I remember watching, um, CGA <clears throat> and he was talking about how, uh, they're, they're conditioning us to expect monies from the government. And so when those monies cease, uh, we will be more likely to be softer on, on programs that will give us money. So the, the, so the folks that were maybe on the fence about should, you know, should we be passing out stimulus checks? Uh, when the stimulus stops, they'll be totally converted to, pro stimulus <laughs> but then of course the stimulus is not going to come again so uh the pinch is on okay uh ramil i, I know you want to chime in on this man you think um uh, we're going to see another round of stimulus checks uh by the beginning of next year or, or so or do you think that's uh, that's done with i want to say it's done with but knowing uh just move towards socialism we're going to. I, it's hard to tell. I mean, they might try to do some UBI or something. Either way, I don't agree with it because it's just going to make inflation go even worse. Um, I don't. I want to say no, but I mean, the way just, we we are under it. We live literally. This is some Marxism Marxism type stuff we under right now. So I don't know. I can't call it. At first, I was going to say no at all, but I can't call it because. The way that American people are, and Sleepy Joe got to cater to his, you know, to his lazy ass base. So I don't know, man. I I, I can't call it. But either way, it's not a good thing. If they if they give if they give out another stimulus check, it's it's, it's the economy. It's, it's gonna mess everything up even more because we already high. We already in hyperinflation. Well, I ain't gonna say hyperinflation, but we're already inflating at, at, at unprecedented levels. You know, what I mean, everything's costing more. Things like that. So. uh I don't know though. I can't call it. Okay, um, Chantel, do you want to chime in, or do you have an opinion on this, or no? Yeah, um, I don't think there's going to be another stimulus check. To be honest, but then also too that whole even even that conversation of um, a stimulus check plays into waiting for the white man to save you. Plays into waiting for the Let's government to, to step in and do something um, instead of us. And when I say us, I mean everybody. I mean, you know, I'm not speaking as an immigrant to say that we don't have lazy people in Jamaica and we don't have people who are entitled in Jamaica. They're everywhere in every country. Um, it's our responsibility to brainstorm solutions. It's our responsibility to help ourselves. 
and stop waiting on someone to help us, especially the government. Um, sitting waiting on another stimulus check when the, the first couple of stimulus check couldn't even do anything. You get $250 a month if you have kids. $250 can't even buy the, the snacks for the kids, much less anything else. <laughs> they don't really do much for us. So, um, yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Okay. Um, we're almost done, Ike. We're almost done. John Joe forty forty says, if foundational black Americans are so lazy, why are Afghans riding planes to come over to America? Ooh, to benefit from our tax dollars. Latinos in California are driving with no license or citizenship, yet aren't being deported. Ike, I mean, since you're in California, I'll let you address this one. Go ahead, bro. And then we'll keep oh, the, There's always been, uh, it's a little dark over here, but maybe that's good. Dark and sinister. There's always been a whole contention about Latin American, or shall we say Mexican in, in particular, immigrants in California and their driver's licenses and all the different things that they're allowed to do. You know, you're allowed to vote without showing an ID, for example. Look, I think that, you know, when the Republicans, for example, are just charged with voter suppression simply because you're asking for an ID, right? You know that whole thing, like, oh, black people can't get IDs. How can you ask for an ID to vote? That's suppressing the black vote. I'm sure you guys have heard that, right? You heard it in the chat, heard it in the panel, right? So that thing is a little, but anyways, that's an aside because I just saw ID there. I got kind of derailed here. But you see, there are many things that the question is putting here on the table. If they're so lazy, how come Afghans are coming here for the tax dollars? And then, then, then they're the Mexicans not driving with, you know? So obviously it's across the board here. But the fact is, when you're coming out of the jungle, you're just hungrier. So that's not a fact of who's lazy or who's not, right? Whenever you're coming out of the jungle, and that I mean the developing world, whether it's Calcutta or Accra, Ghana or Nigeria or whatever it may be, if that is the jungle, in other, in other words, relative to the liberal Western democracies with their social safety nets and their concern for rights and so on and so forth. If you're coming from a place where there is no concern for rights, forget this whole thing about fairness and all that other kind of stuff, right? You're just going to be more hungry. So that's not to say that anyone else is lazy. It's just saying some people are going to come and they're going to be hungry dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Ike. I mean, if you've been impoverished all your life from another country and then you, you come here, I mean, the fact that they would even get on a plane that is going up, it just shows you how desperate some people are. And so if you're telling them hey uh you know clean toilets for seven bucks why wouldn't they um you know some of the people we don't know what they've gone through to 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 be that desperate but you know it, it's definitely very very real uh snuggles 668 yo i like snuggles because because they stay super chat and i appreciate that did the young man just say there's nothing as being fair when it comes to acquisition of power quotes about grace and mercy what would jesus say I'm so lost right now. I know what she's saying, but, uh, and perhaps Dr. Thunder could chime into this and, uh, everyone, I think everyone should, should answer when I, cause she, she's addressing what I said about get power. And then you will not be in a position to talking about who's in your neck. And then I pointed to Africa, yeah, right? I remember. Like, oh, massive landmass, all these reasons, so on and so forth. If you got your ish together, you'd be able to do all these kinds of things, put your boot on other people's necks that you don't want to mess up your program. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then, 
Oh, yeah, we'll let Dr. Thunder chime in because Dr. Thunder's a resident uh, preacher. So let, let's, let's let him chime uh, in. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but before Dr. Thunder chimes in, I'm going to just say, hey, look, the Bible's got an Old Testament too, okay? And uh, ask what King David was up to when it was, when it was time to, to t- kick some ass and take some names, right? When it was time to get power, when it was time to get the milk and honey and establish the land and protect the borders, right? <clears throat> and also there are other things that could be said even about the Old Testament in terms of having a sword and sheathing it. That, that's what meekness means. It doesn't mean be a simp. The reason you turn the other cheek is because you can take the slap. Some people don't understand that thing about turn the other cheek. The reason you turn the other cheek is because you can take the slap. You got a big sword and you don't want to kill that little fly. That's what that whole thing is if you read it correctly. But anyways, go ahead, Dr. Because the, <laughs> yeah, so my, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> okay, oh, so is, it, is it the question that's on the screen here? Yeah, yeah. what would Jesus say about all this power, okay, power okay. stuff? <laughs> so, uh, right, because the peace that is bestowed upon the meek is overrated. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the <laughs> the thing is, is that, for all of recorded history until the last, I don't know, hundred years, 200 years, the entire world has been completely and totally poor, um, struggling, um, you know, struggling, struggling just to exist. And that's why uh, when discussions about this so-called patriarchy that has been you know, kicking, kicking folks, butts, especially women, apparently, uh, for all of this, all of this time, that's why that whole talk is kind of, is kind of silly. Cause really the patriarchy represents, uh, a very small percent of ultra rich, uh, folks. And it was not just men, it was men and women collab- collaborating. And if there was persecution, it was from that, those people to everyone else that was alive, men, women, children, everyone, everyone was being persecuted. And, uh, the, the thing about the free market system, and I, I resist using it, uh, using the capitalist term because that's actually was coined by Karl Marx. Uh, and it was pejorative. Um, but the reason that the free market system has been so revolutionary, it's because it's given each person uh, the master of their own, to become the master of their own destiny. If you work hard, if you outwork the next person, then you can at least shore something up for your, yourself and your family. Um, you know, Jesus says that the poor will always be with you. Now, that doesn't mean that we should create a system that makes it even worse for poor people. But it should be something that we understand as a default. And if you try to create a society in such a way that it will prevent anyone from ever being poor, then you're going to destroy the society. And that's what we're doing right now. We are looking at anybody that is, um, um, you know, even slightly poor. We're looking at, you know, we're segmenting, looking at certain groups and saying, well, that poor, that group is, is tends to be more poor than these other groups. That means we need to change the policies to fix that. Well, at some point you have to look at uh, the effect of culture on the ability to acquire wealth. Um, and there are cultures that are frankly better than others. 
at, uh, you know, at the skills necessary to acquire wealth and the discipline that it takes to, 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 to keep it. Um, and the kind of decisions that you have to make, the kind of sacrifices that you have to make, the kind of work ethic that you have to have to have in the beginning uh, as you're, you know, just getting things moving. And so as we put more things in place, like uh, like we were talking about the minimum wage and um, and all of these other uh, policies, government policies that create this uh, sort of glass floor, uh, what we're doing is we're trying to eliminate the poor. But as Jesus said, the poor will always be with you. <laughs> so you, you <laughs> So it's it's a you know there's a sort of a, a, a sort of a circular circular issue here, but I think that what Jesus would say is, um, you know, pay to Caesar what Caesar's, and then the rest of the money do something positive <laughs> with it, and uh, save it, and uh, make good decisions so that your children's children uh, can be taken care of, and that takes massive wealth, by the way, for you to be able to uh, to take care of your children's children. So. Okay. All right. Um, well, well, Snuggles continues to donate, so we're going to continue to read. Can Can anyone tell me what is money backed by in any government, and what is the purpose of someone having all the guns but having no money? Is that power? Now, we, we all know that money used to be, you know, right, Ramil, backed up by the gold standard, which America got off back in 71 because of Nixon. Um, but now money's backed by, what, military might, right? Um, now, obviously, uh, the speculation in the future, crypto is going to be backed by gold and silver, certain cryptocurrencies, but let me not derail this, uh, conversation by, by talking about crypto. Um, let, let me ask you this, Ramil, what, what, what is money backed up by nowadays? If it's not backed up by gold and silver, in your opinion, I said, it's backed up by military power. What what would you say? Do you agree with me or disagree? Or no, you're right. It's, it's, it's backed up by the guns. The only reason why the American dollar is, is people still take it because if you don't, we're going to shoot you up. I mean, there's no gold backing it up. There's no... Uh, matter of fact, there's other, there's other currencies that are worth more than the United States, but the United States is still the number one reserve currency. Why? Because of the military. It's, it's that simple. Whoever got the most guns, that, that's whose money is going to be uh, worth the most. Okay. And then it says, what's the purpose of someone having all the guns but having no money? Is that power? If you got all the guns, you're going to have the money because you can create your own <laughs> money. And you tell people, hey, this is the money you're going to take or we're going to... Facts. I agree. Gonna do what we got to do. I agree. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jay John. He says, since these immigrants that hate FBAs are so hardworking, why is Haiti so jacked up to go fight like <laughs> Toussaint? Is it Lavatur to get rid of the corruption? Oh, Ike, I'm going to let you touch that one. That's a question for you. Can, can you. can you read the question again, please? I know I butchered it. Since no, no these, go ahead. Since these immigrants mm-hmm. that hate FBAs are so hardworking, mm-hmm. why is Haiti so jacked up? Mm-hmm. We'll fight like Toussaint. Is it Lavatur to get rid of the corruption? Yeah, he was the, he, he fought out there in, in Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the sneaking in that hate, you know, it's like these these immigrants that hate, like the hate and the hard work don't necessarily have to go together, right? Do they? Um, and everyone can read the question, you know, because uh, I don't. I think that's a non sequitur. But 
100%. You know, remember I just kind of laid blame on Africa. Now, Africa is where I'm from. I'm not from Haiti, right? So right. I can talk about Africa, but I can ge generally agree on who's dropping the ball, how they're dropping the ball, and when they're dropping the ball. Like Whether you want to say it's all this BS about um, how, the, how Europe drew out uh, England, Throughout the maps of the country, you know, putting these different tribes together, giving power to one tribe and blah, blah, blah. Those are just excuses. Okay. Whether you talk about corruption of the leaders, that's why it's, it's holding you back. The white man is holding you back. Oh, now you think, oh, silly, in a silly way, you think the Chinese are your friends or the Chinese is not white or something. There is this crazy idea of justice and fairness and what is right as opposed to just looking at power for what it is. Right. So 100%. If you don't have power, you need to go get power. And talking about who is not giving it to you is insane. Why would anybody give you power? <laughs> it, it's insane. So whether it be Haiti or whomever else is, be, is being accused of dropping the ball, I 100% agree. I know particulars as to the African situation, and I can agree 100% that there are many things that they're doing that are just silly, and until they get their act together, they don't really have much excuse. And one of the things that they don't they have to get their act together regarding is this whole dynamic of big group geopolitical power games, right? We don't seem to be good at that. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me go ahead and, shall I say, muddy up the water a little bit. There's a particular group of people in the world that is not good at that. Do you know who, what group that is? They're the native populations, um, uh, indigenous peoples, whether it be the aboriginals or, let's say, the, um, the Native Americans, or, in this case, the Africans. Do you know why, Solo? Do you know why that is? Do you know why these particular groups are not good at big geopolitical games? Or has it occurred to you, have you noticed in the chat, that these groups are not good at it? They're more tribalistic, that's why. Okay, if you go to Africa, it's this tribe, that tribe, you're two miles down the, the road, it's another freaking language, right? So these indigenous peoples are more into this kind of individualism of, you know, me and my family, my tribe, so on and so forth. And they, they, they've never organized themselves in... You guys get the picture, right? So the indigenous peoples of the world, if you don't come to terms with the uh, realities of the political landscape and the power dynamics here, you're going to continue to lose and you don't have anybody else to blame but yourself. Okay. And uh, Chantel, we got a question specifically just for you. Um, to the woman on the panel, what would you bring from his third world country that you think though first world should have and should never change so um i would say coming from a third world country we have more a sense of a community um because we we depended on each other more as opposed to depend on like getting outside help um that's one thing i admire from being raised in that kind of culture where um even though the the divide is still there. You still have the the woman who acts as though, you know, they don't value their men. It's still there. But in some sense, we need our men because we need their half of the rent, basically. Um, so I would I would bring that in the, the sense of community, the sense of, um, you know, you, like the village raising the child kind of mindset. Okay. Dope. Dope. All right. So we got caught up with Super Chats. And thank you, guys. Those are some very... Great questions. Um, and, I, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, take notes because this is something where I might have to go back and do some more research on, on some of these talking points and 
some of these things that have been brought up. Um, is there anything else, Ike? Uh, any? Uh, yeah, let me let, let me let me let's start landing the plane, as we say, right? Mm -hmm. So, if we recall, it seems like we're generally in agreement with this basic structure, which is the answer is no in terms of hey, just welcome them in. And we added, it's because generally speaking, we're not in the, shall I say, the Eidos community is not in the position to benefit, to control the effects, economic effects, cultural effects, and demographic effects of bringing immigrants in. Now I challenged and said, hey, you want to be in the position of the Apple and the Google and the Microsoft and run the immigration game. And here comes the whole Africa connection and everything, right? That that should be the goal, but perhaps that's a conversation for some other random thing that comes up at some other time, right? But so far, we are in agreement with that framework. We've talked about the cultural struggles as well. And Dr. Thunder, in his recent, you know, uh, one minute, talked about some are better than others with regards to doing certain things. And I think that that is one thing that perhaps we should all understand. And I want to kind of ask the, the question, uh, everyone something, that some are better than others in certain things. So it will be foolish for the North Koreans or the South Koreans to try to equalize when it comes to who wins the marathons, try to challenge the Kenyans. And it's one particular tribe, one particular tribe in one particular hill in Kenya that wins those marathons. Okay. They got that game sewn up. Okay. So that's the thing that they are better at as a matter of even genetic attributes. Okay. Same thing goes with many other things. The Germans do their German stuff, and then the Italians do their thing, right? And then there are some cultures, due to a confluence of factors, based on basically where they were stewed in, are just going to be better at getting the bag. They're going to be better at playing the geopolitical games, right? So when one looks at that as a reality in the world, and, and you're in the world where you have the freedom, my ultimate thing is this, is, is this and I'll ask the question. Shouldn't each individual then be putting themselves in a position to play the power games, to take advantage? What do I mean by that? For example, as I said, and I will say again, I get employees in Africa. The dollar goes longer over there. Also, guess what? You find hungrier people, right? You talk to an engineer over here or a draftsperson, and you're like, hey, you know, um, can you do this or can you do that? Do you have this software? They want to be like ums and ahs and tell you two days before that, oh, they, don't, they might not be able to take the job or something like that. But... Over there, you can find good people and they can recommend their friends and so on and so forth, the other hungry ones. And the money can go a long way. You can get an 80% cut for efficient people, right? So shouldn't everybody be putting themselves in the good, great position to take advantage of the geo geopolitical, or shall we say the big economic capitalist game, the global economic capitalist game, where you can go out there, whether it's be a passport, be a passport bro, number one, open foreign bank accounts, hire people for in foreign all that kind of stuff. There's a reason why all these corporations have been doing that for so long. The internet and these other things, okay, and I know that this is adjacent to what we're talking about, but the internet and all these other things, it makes it such that you can now do that kind of thing as well. You need a call center? You don't have to go to India. The game is sewn up in India. You can go to, I don't know, Kenya or Ghana. They speak English over there. Pretty good English. That kind of a thing. So you can take advantage, too, of this whole global marketplace, I think, is one of the big takeaways that I would like to leave here. And I would ask for thoughts, you know, starting with Dr. Thunder, Ramil, Chantel, Solo. What do you think vis-a-vis -vis 
we have a global capitalist economic, or shall we say global marketplace, right? <laughs> Dr. Thunder. We have a global marketplace. How, do, how does the ADOS community, right, or other people out here listening right now, take advantage of it and not just worry about their small little picket fence in the corner here when there's a big ocean out there of arbitrage and opportunity, so on and so forth? Yeah, so uh, the, the first thing is... Um Oh, see what 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 was that? Um, I mean, you know, and Kevin Samuels talks about this that in our community, uh, when we spend money, it only stays in our community for like six hours, mm-hmm. right? And in other communities, their their money circulates in that same community for longer. One of the one of the issues uh, that arose uh, directly due to forced integration uh, is that we were sort of spread out. And so whatever sort of uh, community we had developed prior to civil rights uh, was, was, uh, you know, was whittled down. Right. And so we went from uh, having lots of resources and everything really starts with having money. Right. Everything starts with that, because you if, if you don't have money, then you can't eat. I mean, you have to have that those basic needs met before you can start building. And so I think that. Um, maybe looking at some other cultures and saying, OK, what are some of these other cultures doing that is better than what we are doing? OK, Um you know, the sort of heart of, uh, or the, um, you, you know, the, the whole politically correct and everyone gets a trophy sort of stuff, that all really kind of developed out of multiculturalism. See, multiculturalism, it's not just trying to get every all of these different cultures under the same umbrella. No, it's normalizing things. It's saying everything is the same even if clearly certain aspects of certain cultures are superior, we are to look at them and say, hey, it's really the same, though. It's apples and oranges. You really can't compare, you know, and I think that that's a that's a that's a that's a big problem. And to the extent that black folks that we uh, listen to that kind of talk, uh, it's going to really continue to uh, limit our results. You, you, you have to uh, you have to have good examples. You have to be willing to apply what those examples, uh, you know, would actually do for you. Apply apply those examples to yourself, to your community. Um, and then you have to be patient because it's not going to happen overnight. So I think everything starts with getting the getting the money together, starting to save money, starting to keep money in our own communities. And then at that point, then we can start to act. We can start to do some of these other things. All right, Ramil. Closing thoughts. You uh, mute yourself. Oh, my bad. Okay, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, ADOS, or whatever you want to call us, have a severe uh, problem with uh, work ethic. And here's the problem. Somebody else said... Well, black men are in the middle class. They're coming up to the middle class. Okay, that's it's a difference between being a workhorse and being a capitalist. Okay, we're intellectually lazy as well. Right? You can be a workhorse all you want, 
You can work as hard as you want for somebody else. That ain't going to put you in no position of power. And then on top of that, the other black men who are at the bottom, they're going to get replaced by the immigrants because of our lack of work ethic. So as much as I am American first and ADOS first, it's harder to maintain that when you don't have the work ethic to back it up or when you don't have the mental work ethic to back it up as well, okay? This is, we we there's no reason we should, we've been in this country this long and only have half a percent of wealth, okay? That, it just don't, don't make no sense. All right, so yeah, black men are moving up in the middle class of workers, but that's not going to do anything in the long run. As far as ICE questions, as far as uh, reaching out uh, globally, should, should that be the goal? Take advantage of uh, of the global opportunities, or uh, take advantage of the global labor force. Uh, I'm still gonna. I, I I'm with that. Like I I, did, I got some joint uh, done on fiber the other day. Okay, I know that was from hmm. overseas. Okay, but uh, that comes at a cost, and America's paying that cost now with this decline by outsourcing everything and becoming cheaper. You know what I'm saying? So the quality a lot of times goes down. And then on top of that, you're losing your power slowly but surely. All right. We're not going to. But your pocket's going to be fat, though. Yes, but my pocket's fat (laughs) with with money that's worthless because of another (laughs) country. Good point. Good point. You know what I'm saying? So I I think it's really long term. I could do do temporary and and enrich myself, but um, that comes at a cost. And America's not, they don't care about the cost. All right. So right now, honestly, America's over for the taking, all right, because America's in lost control of America took this for granted. Now we got spoiled. So, you know, I could say I don't want illegal immigrants coming over and taking over, but we're not doing we're not doing anything to deter that, you know, in my opinion. So um, I just think we just got to start thinking smarter if, as the ADOS community. And then I'm, I'm always I'm still open like the immigrants that came over here legally. I do, I'm cool with that, too. You know, what I mean, you're a citizen now. So that that, you know, that. That, you know you're, you're in the you're in the, you're in the bubble now. So um, but I just feel that ADOS should not care about this because we got our own problems. We are we are really lacking financially, lacking on ownership. We don't we lacking on drive, lacking on hustle. We just want to floss. We're not thinking business minded. We're not thinking long term. I can go down the list. So uh, that's what that's what we got to worry about before we worry about immigration and global problems. We got our own issues. Period. We don't even own the property in our neighborhood. We don't even own the businesses. In our neighborhood it doesn't make no sense so that that's why i'm at with it all right chantel closing remarks and thoughts so um to ike's point i honestly think there is a major difference between um a corporation outsourcing and going to another country like india um for their customer service and for an immigrant to come over in in america and take um take opportunities away from African-Americans who were born here, who are from here. Um, I do think, though, the reason why a lot of these corporations are going over is because, as we spoke about earlier, um, many people don't want to do the jobs for what they want to pay. You know, we want the $15 minimum wage. So it's like it goes hand in hand. What comes first? Do we... And I say we do do African Americans um stop being quote unquote lazy. I'm not calling anybody lazy, but I'm just saying, do you stop being lazy and start working for that seven dollars an hour? Or is it the corporation's responsibility to not try and save money? I mean, you have to look at it from both sides. And as a small business owner myself, like I've used Fiverr, even though 
I have people around me who, who will do the same work, but they're charging like three times more that you'll have someone on Fiverr charge you. So um, you have to look at it from, po from both points of views. Um, but to wrap up and to bring this full circle, I do agree that, um, you know, allowing immigrants to come over illegal, illegally and stealing African-Americans resources, um, that should not be acceptable. Excellent, excellent, excellent point. And um, I've already given my thoughts, which is that it's a no in terms of illegal immigration, for sure. But it's also a no in terms of just having open arms because you're not in the position to control yet the benefits that you get, the pros and the cons. You don't get to say, I want this kind of people in this many into this particular neighborhood. I want them treated this way. I want to get this tax benefit and on and on and on. And until you're in that position, you're not even at the table to begin to bargain. So uh, one more time, one more time, one more time. We would like to say that we thank everybody. Okay. Wait, we thank wait, everybody I, for showing up. I got something I want to say Go ahead. really quick. I, I'm sorry. So I, I want to say really quickly that, as I, as I said before, and I'm just looking over some of my notes that I took, um, I think that if you, if you look at a lot of the issues with immigration in general in the country, it's a systemic policy issue. And what I mean by that is it's a government issue that goes back to maybe even the Obama administration or, or maybe even before that to... to uh, the the Bush administration senior right, and this has not been fixed uh, throughout the last twenty thirty years, and and still is a problem. I think that it, it should be very concerning that we see black people, uh, Haitian black people, that are running away and they're they're being whipped like slaves. But when when you see them running away and you see people on horses whipping them like slaves, I think in twenty twenty one. That should be very concerning for anybody, um, whether you are Haitian or not, right? And so w when, when you look at things like that, the root of the problem where you have a guy by, by the name of Sleepy Joe who says, hey, take the jab, it will protect you from hurricanes. Let me say that again. The president said, take the jab, it will protect you from hurricanes. He don't <laughs> even know what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? So... And at the end of the day, to me, this is more of a policy issue. Now, going back to what Ramil said, uh, if you're FBA or if you're ADOs, whatever you want to consider yourself, you know what I'm saying, um, or whatever you are, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm both because my mother is overseas, my dad here. At the end of the day, we need to start focusing on education. And, and obviously that doesn't happen because we can look at it in the sense of where they remember no child left behind. But yet when you look at certain statistics, the bottom schools still didn't have the proper uh, textbooks and as well as enough help staff to help the people in poor neighborhoods to help them out. So it starts at the home. Okay. Financial literacy that starts at the home. And unfortunately, a lot of us, we didn't learn that in, a, in our households growing up. Some of us did. Good for you. Some of us didn't. So financial literacy is very, very critical, especially with what's going on financially right now, where we're about to look at a great reset. The stock market is on the verge literally of, of crashing every week, it seems like. Uh, the crypto market 
is also gaining mass adoption. I talk about that a lot on my channel here. As most of you know, um, I'm very big into cryptocurrency. And a lot of people have to realize that we're in a situation now where automation is knocking at the door. It's, it's already in the neighborhood, but now it's literally walking towards your steps and knocking at your, your door like a Jehovah Witness, okay? Um, and the reality is if you do not take ownership of your financial literacy, and it doesn't have to be with cryptos, but with gold, silver, real estate, me and Ramil, we've talked about this plenty of times for years. Now is the time. A lot of you guys are too worried about Big Booty Brenda and Becky and Nicole. And this reflects on the type of content that gets you know the most views on YouTube and content that tends to get ignored. And that's one of the reasons why I've been mentioning that it's easy to have a channel where it's on some fuckity fuck shit than have a channel that's of substance like Ike, like Dr. Thunder. Um, even Ramil has substance sometimes, but he has got some fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ramil, I'm in the same boat. So, you know what I'm saying? But that's just the reality. So I, I'm saying that it all starts at the home. Start to become financial literate. Start to learn how to budget, saving for retirement. Um, start learning, you know, about different things. And uh, shout out to Snuggles. Can someone answer what makes a poor person poor? Uh, and what keeps a poor person poor? And what makes a rich person rich and keep them rich? I got an answer. Huh? <laughs> go ahead. I go ahead. I'm gonna let you answer, man. I'm, I'm done. With well, it, 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 it's a quick one. Okay. The poor the poor person does not understand that when they push start on the video game, they can also jump, move sideways, they can dodge the fireball and all that kind of stuff. The poor person doesn't understand that. The poor person thinks that their action doesn't make any. There's no way to change. There's nothing they can do. In other words, it's a spirit. It's in their mind. It's in their habits. Right? They don't think that they, and I like using the Mario Brothers analogy, they don't think that they can jump over the fireball, that they can swim, that they could duck, you know, that they can wait till the freaking piranha leaves and then they can get in the pipe, right? They don't understand that they, their actions actually have consequences and compounding consequences. That is the number one thing. It's that mindset thing. I know it sounds like a cliche. People keep saying it all the time, but that is what it is. You either have a fixed mindset that says, I cannot do anything. There is no A and B. The story is already written. It's a narrative. The white man held me back and the blah, the, 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 the boom, bada, bing, right? That's the difference. Okay. And, and I think we're done and we'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Yes, sir. All right.